0: Welcome to Tucker Talks. In 2009 to 2012, we had a health and wellness program called SOSP, Seize a Success Professional. And today what I'm going to do, I'm gonna try to get back on track myself and try to follow some of these guidelines that we use in that program. There are many people who were members of the program and I hope that all of you are still eating healthy. So the question is, Why should I change my lifestyle? When it comes to health and wellness, there are several reasons why you should change your lifestyle when it comes to eating right. And I too might have to follow these directions. um, It'll help you to have more energy. Of course, you're gonna drop your clothing size. Um, It will allow you to become more confident. You will feel better and more healthier you'll have fewer pains and aches and because you know maybe your knees hurt because there's too much weight at the top um, and it' even help you look better So there are several reasons why people like to to eat right and have a healthy lifestyle. So what what do I need to change? Well first of all it's all in the mind because you know I um, studied psychology and one thing I believe is, So a man think it, so he is. So you think you're fat, you probably are fat. You think you are hungry, you probably are hungry. When in reality, you're probably not fat or hungry. But you got to change the way you think. You got to talk to yourself, have some affirmation. You got to encourage yourself. And most importantly, learn how not to cheat. And then there's the how. How do I change my way of thinking? Well, you got to think thin. You want to be thin, think thin. And then you're probably thinking, well, you're not thin. Well, of course, I'm not either. And I've gained weight back. And what I'm going to do is try to get off the roller coaster and get back on track. So I'm going to think myself thin. You got to be more conscious of every bite you eat to include a small piece of candy. Where I work at, the property manager, she sometime will walk by the desk. If she even hear a, a small crinkling of candy wrappers, she'll go, what are you eating? Or if I'm at home and I open up a bag of chips, I can hear my husband coming around the corner. What is that I hear? So you got to include people and let them know that you are trying. And uh, of course, sneaking is not going to help, especially when you have a lot of people around like the property manager and your husband watching over you so okay if you overeat you got to learn to forgive yourself and continue don't give up excuse me don't give up continue on press on tell yourself it can't have what it wants whenever it wants Um, you have to kind of train your mind and the way you think and how how do I start First of all, you got to invest in yourself, invest your time, commit time for you. And how do you do that? Your time means you got to set time aside for when you want to go walking or uh, I don't like riding bikes, but some people like to ride bikes. There's certain things people like to golf. There's certain things that people like to do in their spare time. And then when you get off from work, sometimes you're too tired like me and you don't want to get out there in the gym. So you might have to go walk around Walmart or walk around the mall, but don't take any money with you. But walking, there's no advanced degree when it comes to walking. Uh, Walking, of course, we know helps you lose weight and burn calories. And it definitely definitely slims the stomach and the waistline. And of course, looking at me, you can tell I haven't been doing much walking. It lowers your blood pressure, reduces your cholesterol. And most importantly, it gives you more energy and releases tension. And you know what? It's back to the mind again, back to that psychology. It relaxes your mind. So walking does help. But you got to know how to walk. You got to make sure you have the right posture. Your shoulders dropped, head up and looking straight. Watch where you're going, not looking in your phone. Um, Taking deep breaths. Sometimes we walk and we hold our breath and don't realize it. Um, Walking a steady pace. But at a vigorous walk, um, not fast enough where you're in pain. Um, there's a group of people that from my church that we decided to go on a hike and it was ended up uh, one mile hike, ended up to a three mile hike, ended into a seven mile hike like to kill me. So don't try to kill yourself and don't go with those people that are try to help kill you. Just stay on pace. Walk your walk. Make sure you have the right shoes. Um, There's enough uh, toes to wiggle around in your shoes. Not your socks shouldn't be too thick. And weather. When it comes to weather, if it's cold, wear your hat, cover your head and your ears. And if it's hot, you gotta even no matter what color you are, you have to put on some of that suntan lotion to block some of those sun rays. But dress lightly, but keep your clothes on. When it comes to walking extremely important to warm up first now some people take this for granted and say i don't think i should have to do all that but it can prevent having them tense muscles and um, pulling muscles and that's what usually happens when you don't warm up so stretching about five minutes walk walking it depends on what you like but i'm not a doctor and i can't tell you how far to walk but i would recommend three to five days a week You can just walk three times out of the week. You can walk for five days straight for 15 minutes and you've done a good job. 15 minutes a day for five days. But allow at least two days of no walking and walk. Or if you really wanna lose some weight and you wanna get it off, 30 minutes to 45 minutes is a good brisk walk that will do the job. But you gotta be consistent. Can't do like me and quit. Um, Begin with at least 20 minutes. I'd start with 20 minutes, walk 20 minutes a day for three days out of the week, encourage yourself, tell yourself, you can do it, I can do this, and learn to walk alone. I'm not talking about alone on a street where no people are. I'm just saying, um, don't feel like you always have to have somebody with you. When you begin to count on other people, sometimes those people are not going to go. They're not going to feel like going, and then you won't feel like going. So it's all in the mind again. But always be familiar with your area and alternate your area. Don't walk in the same place every time to bore yourself. And for safety purposes, don't walk in the same place. What kind of equipment does it take when it comes to walking? Well, I recommend music. Music always helps a good beat. A pedometer. You can have your watch. Some people have the um, phones, um, their cell phones on them. Um, just walking equipment. Uh, rainy, a rainy day if it's raining invest in another way to uh, walk Walk inside the mall or get on a treadmill some people think that's boring but if you put a treadmill get on a treadmill and put a TV in front of you and watch a movie with no um, interruptions or commercials it does work and definitely have the right walking shoes so what's the goal in season success we had all learned that short term goals always work first keep it short course, right now I'm a whopping, I won't tell you how much, but I am definitely overweight 30 pounds over my weight. So I am going to start by saying I want to lose 10 pounds a month, just a month, 10 pounds. And then in two months, I want to lose 15 pounds in three months. I didn't want to lose 20 pounds so that if you can do it like that, you can knock it off. Important. Um, some people It works for them to weigh themselves every day. I've tried it. It can work. You can get a calendar and every day get on a scale and weigh yourself so you can see one day you might be 170. The next day, 173. Back down to 171. Next day, 170. Then 69. So it could work. I've actually tried it and it does work. But it doesn't work for everyone. Some people like to lose two pounds a week. And they get on a scale every Saturday at a certain time. And if they do well, they eat real good that day. And that Sunday, they start over again if they don't go out after church and eat. And weighing in, weighing in is the most important thing. You've got to weigh yourself or have someone to verify it or call your weight in to a friend and tell them what it is. But never get on a scale twice, only one time. And when you get on that scale, make sure it's early in the morning when you get on and weigh yourself. Let's talk about water. One thing I've learned from Seeds of Success is why should I drink water? Well, water burns and flushes fat from your body. It prevents you from being constipated and rapidly speeds up your weight loss. It also reduces um, dehydration. And then how much water? I've always been taught that it's eight to eight ounces as a glass uh, a day to drink your water and always... A glass before after you eat a full course meal. Someone told me hot water flushes fat. They were giving me the illustration of how if you put water in a sink with grease and you run cold water on there, it's, the grease goes down the drain slowly. But when you put the hot water in there, it flushes it out. Of course, I was able to uh, talk to over with a dietician, which told me hot or cold, it didn't matter, water works. So that's just your choice. Um, Can water be safe? Well, I spoke to my husband about that and he told me too much water stretches your stomach, causes you want to fill it back up. And he also told me that it may cause you to feel sick. So listen to those experts out there. Food, change your way of eating. Do not eat or drink anything after a certain time. Now, some people don't eat and drink after seven o'clock. And some people don't eat and drink after eight o'clock. Of course, me is nine. I'm sorry, I gotta have a snack. But it's up to you. But set a time where I'm not gonna eat or drink anything at a certain time. Social eating can cause you to be overweight and can be dangerous. Why do I say that? Because when you're out socially eating, sometimes we get carried away. So make sure you sit down and eat your food with no distractions. Don't eat and drive. That's a distraction. Eating and watching TV, believe it or not, is a distraction. Your brain needs to process the fact that you are eating. So that's why sometimes you'll be watching TV and eating. And then you look down, your food's gone. Who took my food? You ate it. Well, that's your brain has not comprehended that you ate it. So your brain's looking for more food. And that's just me. Um, I think I read that somewhere in a book called Think Yourself Thin. I can't remember the author right now. Food, it's important after you eat, if you feel hungry, don't hurry and try to eat some more. Just wait 20 minutes. Tell yourself, I'm going to wait 20 minutes before I go reach for any more food. Uh, But wait 20 minutes before you locate more food and try to shove it in your mouth. After 20 minutes, if you're still hungry, you're probably hungry. Or drink a little water and then try to uh, see if that would curve your appetite. Food change your way of eating do not eat or drink every time somebody offers something to you if um, you have to also another thing is to remove all un- unhealthy food from your kitchen and your cupboards anything that you know you'll reach and grab don't buy it don't put it in your cabinets don't put it in your refrigerator learn to tolerate hunger and cravings you won't die um, some of us i know it's hard to fast but sometimes you might have to, even when you're fasting and praying, you'll tell yourself, Mm-mm, no, you cannot have it. So, you know, you're still alive. You'll make it think differently about food. Learn to say, I don't have to have it. You know, a lot of times they'll bring a lot of different residents will bring to us some nice, delicious food. Um, they'll bring cinnamon rolls and a bunch of nice, healthy. We got a lady named Miss Smith. She drops off um, stuff to our office all the time. And a lot of times I will say, oh, no, I don't want any. No, thank you. And that's hard. And then there's times I'm like, oh, no, I deserve this. Now eat it. Plus, she's a great, great, great cook. It is okay to turn down an invitation to, to eat out socially. Learn to say no thank you and instead go on a 20 or 30-minute walk. You're not going to miss out on too much. But social eating is the number way one way not to lose weight. When, you eat, when you're eating out socially, remember not to get greedy, leave some food on your plate, and don't try to gulp all of your water up at one time. So what's important? There was uh, a Dr. Barron um, used to, uh, another dietitian that I knew, she used to say, eat your uh, food slowly and um, to time yourself, you know, like take a bite, wait a minute, talk look around, after a minute, eat a couple of bites, then wait another minute before you eat again. And so that's one thing I did learn from her. Um, I used to be eating and driving and then I'd get to where I'm going and think, did I eat breakfast? I ate it up while I was driving. So um, I I had shared that with a couple of people from our Seeds of Success members to eat slowly, and time what you eat and wait one minute before you take another bite and do it at least three times during the whole process. And one of them said, if I wait one minute, my food might have microorganisms growing on it and I might get food poisoning. So I think I'll just shovel it in my mouth. Anyway, that's your prerogative. So eat slowly, time yourself what you eat, wait one minute, take a bite, wait a minute, then eat again. But you don't have to keep doing that. You do it at least two or three times during the whole meal. Use a smaller plate. Now, that does work for portion control. And never go back for sloppy seconds, especially when you're out socially eating. Eat what's on your plate. Tell yourself, no, you don't need it. If you're not hungry, don't eat. That's something else that I find is a downfall for me. Someone else will be around eating and it'll smell good. It'll look good. I'm not even hungry. And I'm like, give me some of that. No, you don't need it. Prepare your uh, lunch prevents you to eat healthy and it prevents you from eating fast food. So taking your own lunch to work or wherever you go, is, it works. Food. Stay away from salty foods that will cause you to swell up as, as an overstuffed turkey. That's what salt does. It makes you swell. And too much sugar will cause you to become hungrier. And for me, it does other things to my body, has other, my body aching in my knees, legs, and everywhere else. And I know I have to stop. Do not snack unless you are eating fruit or something healthy. Fruit, some fruits have sugar, but you can still eat fruit more than you can just grabbing a piece of candy. Try with all your willpower and spirit to stay away from soft drinks. And this includes diet drinks, although I love Coke Zero and Sprite Zero, but I have to tell myself that's a treat because I'm going to try to stay away from that. Important, do not allow the trials to cause you to give up. Remember, if you cannot recall the food you ate, then you may have eaten too much. At the end of the day, if you think, what did I eat and you cannot remember, then you may have overeaten. And my husband always tell, taught me, if it took you years to eat and drink the food on, it may take at least one year to get the food off. And I try to keep that in mind so I don't try to diet and kill myself. I'm just going to try to eat healthy. What will I receive? When you do this, the reward, again, is meeting your short-term and your long-term goal, um, learning to eat healthier, feeling better. It's the, the reward is really feeling better. So the commitment statement, you got to talk to yourself. Say, you know what? I promise to try to encourage myself to lose weight. And when you wake up and look in the mirror, say, wow, I thank the Lord for helping me lose weight so fast, even though you might look all swollen up. Some people might say, well, you're lying to yourself. Well, okay, whatever. Repent later. Throughout the day, begin to picture yourself as though you're thin. If someone compliments you, be honest and say, thank you. Thank you. Don't go, no, girl, it's just a dress. It's a black dress. That's all it is. It's my clothes. Just say, thank you. Someone say, oh, my God, you're losing weight. Thank you. So those are just a few tips from Seize a Success Professional that was established in 2009 to to 2012. We kind of got away from it. And to all the members that used to be members, this is a shout out to you. We got to get back on track and we got to get started again. So in my conclusion, prior to beginning, any type of health and wellness program, you got to always pray, consult your physician. Of course, mine is Jesus, but you do have to consult your physician. And like Bishop always taught me, a moment on the lips can be a lifetime on the hips. So may the Lord be with you. Get started. Get back in a healthy weight loss, uh, trying to lose weight and seek your physician and do what's right. So um, after all, what do you have to lose but weight? Thank you again for listening to Tucker Talk. And I hope you enjoyed this presentation. Until the next time, we meet again good night. Welcome to Tucker Talks. Today I'm going to talk to you about preparing food safely. Um, I'd like to share just some basic information on serving safe food for the holidays or just for any day. After being a national restaurant trainer affiliated with the National Restaurant Association for serving safe food for over 10 years, the information has improved my areas um, towards serving safe food. So I just want to share some of that with you. So the number one question is how do you keep food safe? Um, After you listen to this podcast, you probably won't go out and eat no more or you just won't eat everybody's cooking. But I just want to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that I learned during the time I was teaching this course. I mean, how, um, so the number one question again, how do you keep food safe? I mean, how do you serve your food? How do you cook your food? How do you serve it to your family and your friends? Well, there are three food hazards that can make a person really sick that you may not be aware of. One of the most common wastes is a physical hazard, which includes an object like a band aid or, or, um, acrylic nail falling into the food or some glass or dirt, or even a piece of jewelry accidentally falling into the food while you're preparing it. This is called a physical hazard. Anything that is like an object that gets into the food is a physical hazard. The next hazard that comes to mind is biological hazard, which is kind of hard to detect because it cannot always be seen with the eye. And you might not even be able to taste it. But biological hazard um, which is a hazard that can be transferred it transfers pathogens to the food which is a form of cross-contamination for both physical hazard and biological hazard so an example would be if any form of bacteria like coronavirus or uh, or some type of parasite or fungi enter into your food while you're preparing it that's an example of biological hazard spit somebody coughing in their hand and then not washing their hands properly and preparing your food that is a biological hazard. So if a person coughs or sneezes in their hand and begin to prepare your food, prepare your food or prep your food without proper hand washing, this biological hazard can make somebody really sick or ill after they consume the food. Another form of hazard is chemical hazard. Most people like to clean and cook as they prepare food and may accidentally spray the cleanser on the food while preparing it. An example would be preparing your salad and spraying sanitizer maybe on the cutting board or uh, and then go back and shred your lettuce on the same cutting board that you have the sanitizer that you did not wipe off. Um, This would be, again, is a form of cross-contamination and it can transfer pathogens from the surface onto the food. Now that I've made everybody's stomach sick, let's talk about time temperature abuse. Did you know that letting foods stay too long out can cause pathogens to grow on the food? An example, your food must always stay within the correct temperature to prevent pathogens from growing on the food. So you go to the store, you get the turkey, you put the turkey in the trunk of your car, you ride around with the turkey for an hour before you arrive to your home microorganisms are now growing on your turkey next you get home and you take the turkey and leave it out on the sink to thaw overnight the truth is microorganisms which you cannot see with which are biological are growing on your turkey microorganisms need time to grow on food so a single cell will grow from one cell to another even fast as fast as up to 20 minutes so just think You can't wash them off. You can't cook them off. Now back to the turkey. The next morning, you decide to cook the turkey, and you don't cook it at the correct temperature. And now more microorganisms are multiplying on the turkey. Now after 55 minutes, you take the turkey out, and you leave it out on the counter for six and a half hours until dinner. Um, Your family show up to eat the turkey, and later, everyone begin to complain that they feel sick thinking they are full and they overate, not knowing they have a touch of food poisoning. Now, this is a hazardous to everyone, and some people's immune system can handle it, but or their their digestive system can handle it, but the most vulnerable one would be children, elderly people, someone pregnant, someone taking medication. It can definitely harm them. So keep in mind, if a person gets sick this is foodborne illness. If two or more people become sick, it's called a foodborne illness outbreak. The proper way would be to purchase a turkey, go straight home with it, and place it in the refrigerator to unthaw. Cook at the required temperature, and after the turkey is finished cooking, either cool it down quickly and place it in the refrigerator or prepare to consume it within four hours. After everyone has finished eating, immediately make sure it is cooled and placed in the refrigerator. You don't want to keep hot food out too long. Can't be held without uh, being heated for over four hours. Now, let me talk to you about food poisoning. Have you ever had it? You'll know if you had it. Um, When you go to a restaurant and eat some food and 30 minutes later you're running to the bathroom, you're vomiting or you're using the bathroom at the same time. They say coming out at both ends, but this is a form of food poisoning. This human illness is caused by foodborne microorganisms and food poisoning. And so microorganisms are the tiniest, those um, tiniest life forms of bacteria like yeast, molds, um, viruses. Those are called microorganisms because they are the size of them. Micro meaning very small and uh, organism meaning living being. Um, Those bacteria, yeast, molds, and viruses can kill, kill someone. So foodborne illness may be identified into two major groups like food infection and food intoxication. Food infection results when you eat food contaminated with pathogens or bacteria, and these bacteri- bacteria then cause you to become ill. Food intoxication refers to the consumption of the toxic chemicals produced by bacter- uh, bacterial growth in food, which are not seen or with your eye. The time between consumption of contaminated food and the appearance of foodborne illness is called the incubation period. And the incubation period can range anywhere from less than one hour to more than three days, depending on the contaminated food. Now, let's get back to talking about foodborne illness. Let me, sh- let me just share a few bacteria, uh, bacterial food intoxications which cause um, foodborne infections like botulism, it it is a toxin and this can be caused by simply, um, let me give you an example, like someone stores some cans in a warehouse, some rats urinate on the can, which um, I heard this, I don't know if this is true, but rat urine is lethal as far as being poisonous. And the vendor loads the cans into the soda machine you then purchase a can and do not rinse it off and you drink it. Next thing you know, your throat is swelling up. You can't swallow, you're experiencing vomiting, diarrhea, and you can't even breathe. And you can't even die from it. This is botulism. And so, therefore, I honestly think that's probably why they pulled all the can machines out and now you have the bottles. Another one would be salmonella. Everybody usually know that one, it's pretty familiar. Um, it can cause fever, abdominal pains, cramps, um, the same symptoms as botulism uh, Shiculolossis also is another one that can cause diarrhea, fever, headache, nausea, um and even a i hate to say it but a bloody stool. You know you're sick then a familiar one that we often hear is called e coli um it's a bacteria that comes from unhealthy animals. Like if you get some ground beef and it came from a cow that had E. coli and you ate it, um, these infections are known as sugar toxin. Um, there are many symptoms to an um, E. coli infection that you'll probably want to know about, such as experiences stomach problems. And these symptoms can be abdominal pains, vomiting, and diarrhea. So those are some of the most dangerous um bacterias or pathogens um, that we are going to have discussed and are going to continue to focus on. Now, all of this is hard to swallow, but just keep in mind to pray over your food before you can consume sum- it. This is why it's so important to also properly clean and sanitize your uh, surface, your counter, your sink, your chopping boards. The kitchen ought to be clean before you even start cooking in it just be careful not to let food come in contact with a contaminated surface. So another harm is having poor personal hygiene. Well we all know since COVID-19 we must wash our hands and sanitize them. Well when you are preparing to cook food you must become like a surgeon and we know they wash their hands before conducting surgery. We have learned from watching TV how how important it is to wash our hands and sanitize. For those of you that are not aware how to wash your hands, the whole process takes up to 20 seconds. You can either sing happy birthday, and you don't sing happy birthday for the whole 20 seconds. You're singing happy birthday for probably 10 to 15 seconds. You're scrubbing your hands and your arms under hot water. Applying the soap and the lather, going, uh, making sure that you are cleaning the palm of your hand, your thumb, which is real important, and definitely your nails in between your nails and your, all in between your fingers. That is from 10 to 15 seconds. Next, you will begin to rinse your hands and then you dry your hands with a single um, uh, paper towel or blower, but don't use your apron, you know, like your cooking apron. The, and don't take your apron to the bathroom. And then come back and cook, but use hands uh, antiseptics only after you wash your hands. Never put it on. Um, never. I see people they eat out and then they put the hand they put the hand sanitizer on their hand, and then they start eating their food, not knowing they got cross contamination. The food, the hand antiseptic, and now they're eating. You. The proper way is to wash your hands, then put it on and let it air dry uh, before you actually eat. So wait for the, um, wait, and you got to wait for it to dry a little bit before you immediately start eating. But washing your hands first is important. We are aware that our hands can transfer pathogens to food, and hand washing is a critical step for avoiding food contamination. It is important to wash your hands after touching anything that can contaminate your hands. An example would be, like, Nowadays, I see a lot of people in food service, they'll be now touching their masks that are on their face. They'll be rubbing their mask, putting their hand underneath the mask, trying to, because the mask is falling down, then they go and they touch your food. So touching your mask, even with gloves on, gloves, just because the gloves are on, they don't protect the, they protect the person more than they protect the person touching the food. You really have to be even more careful when you wear gloves. So touching your mask, putting on gloves, touching your hair, and your face, Or any body parts, um, you you have to definitely wash your hands Uh, after using the restroom, taking uh, taking trash out, the garbage out. I've seen people handle food, push the trash down in their hand with their hand, and then go back and prep food. So that is not good. But and also, let's say you have you have your you washed your hands, you put your gloves on. Now you're handling raw meat. And then you go over there and you're handling handling meat that's already cooked. You're cross-contaminating it. Or you're touching your apron and your clothes. You're sneezing. You're coughing. Handling chemicals. Eating. Oh, definitely don't eat or drink while you're preparing food and handling money. That's why even at the drive-up window, they have one person handles the money. The other person, they handle the food. So this is really important. After touching anything that is contaminated with your hands, you've got to wash your hands. Um, when you're using those gloves, again, you got to change them if they become soiled or ripped. Um, also, like, if you're going to change tasks, if you have gloves on and you, you're working with the poultry, then you have gloves and you're touching the lettuce, of course you got to change your glo- gloves before you touch either one of them. Gloves should be changed every four hours or if they become soiled. And one thing that's really important, if you're going to wear the gloves, make sure the gloves fit and the gloves don't fall in the food. Um, Wash your hands before putting on the gloves and when changing to a new pair. So again, it's important to have good personal hygiene, especially when it comes to your hair. Uh, Have your hair pulled back. Don't have hair hanging all in the food clean apron, clean clothes, so that you can prevent cross-contamination. Another good thing for a good cook is you don't eat while you're cooking, and everybody does, and definitely, again, don't chew gum because saliva can fall into the food. It is very crucial that you do not prepare food if you are sick. If you have COVID, don't go making nobody nothing. They don't want that. A few symptoms of evidence of being sick are vomiting, diarrhea, or even having a sore throat or having a fever or cough. You definitely might need to get checked out. Now, let me talk to you why about why it's important to properly um, control the food with the time temperature. The best way to prevent the growth of pathogens is to control the time and temperature of the food. So a few foods that must be controlled and kept safe are definitely milk, eggs, and dairy products. Oh, God, yeah, even watermelon and cantaloupe. Um, also, things like meat, like beef, pou- poultry, fish, shellfish, those have got to be kept in the right... Um, pro- they have to be stored properly because there's something called a temperature danger zone. The range is from 40 to 140. All cold food has to be held 40 degrees and below, and all hot food should be held 140 degrees Fahrenheit and higher. So there are several ways food can be in the danger zone, and a few are by improperly cooking the food, heating the food, storing the food, thawing the food, um, simply leaving it out at room temperature too long. So allowing food to reach the temperature danger zone can be have serious consequences causing someone to get sick. Since the spread of bacteria cannot be easily detected because you can't always see it, like I said, it's really small. You can't see it with the eye. We must keep food at a safe temperature when cooking it or even putting it in the refrigerator. I actually throw my own out after three days, no matter what, but I believe you can store um, your food safely for up to seven days. Yet, if it does, doesn't does look good, don't smell good, then you need to throw it out. So how do you prevent um, food from reaching that danger zone? Well, you got to keep food safe in order to keep your family and friends healthy. So let me talk to you about storing the food. Your food should be stored at temperature at the temperatures between 40 and 140, de- 140, degrees Fahrenheit to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Again, all cold food has to be held 40 degrees lower. That means anything cold always has to be 40 degrees and lower. And all hot food has to be kept 140 or higher. Cold food can be held without being in refrigerators refrigerator for up to six hours. So if the lights go out, power go out in your house, all of a sudden, don't let everybody keep opening up the refrigerator. You can keep that refrigerator shut and don't let no one go in it for up to six hours and you should be good to go. After six hours, everything in there that's supposed to be held at, uh, at that cold temperature should be discarded. So hot food can be held without being put away for up to four hours. That's why when you're out at the barbecue, you know, we still have food out. But one thing I hate to see is potato salad out on a table when it's 90 degrees outside because I know that it has, it's, it's going to eventually get into the temperature danger zone. Anyway, cooking food. When preparing food, it is important that its internal temperature reaches the proper level. So this is one reason a good cook would invest in a thermometer to keep checking the internal temperature of the food while you're cooking it. Never mix freshly prepared food products with any food that is currently being held. I have personally witnessed a certain buffet, I won't call a name. They took the collard greens that had been out for four hours in a serving pan. And when it, the pan was halfway empty, the cook came out with fresh greens. And instead of just putting the fresh greens out and taking the, the greens that had been out in the pan and taking it away, she mixed it all together. And uh, that's not good. So if food has been held at a temperature below, if hot food has been held at a temperature below 140 for more than two hours, it's recommended to throw it out. Another thing um, we often find ourselves doing is overloading the refrigerator. I'm guilty, which can bring the temperature up in the refrigerator and place the food in the temperature danger zone. This is one reason you don't put hot food in a refrigerator because the temperature of the refrigerator will rise and this will cause the food to be in the danger zone. Also, be sure to check expiration dates. Well, we don't write dates on stuff in our refrigerator, but we do think back. When was, if you're looking at the refrigerator and you can't remember that piece of chicken in there, you'd be like, when did, when did we have that last have that chicken? If you have to start thinking about it, you need to throw it away. Store ready to eat food on the very top shelf of the refrigerator. That's how you store that. Next thing you would put is your beef or your pork or your fish is on the second. Uh, tray in your refrigerator. The third tray is your ground meat, any ground beef, eggs, um, that goes on the third tray. But the last, always put chicken and poultry at the bottom of the refrigerator. If you have the chicken at the top and the ready-to-eat food at the bottom, and that poultry drips down on into the food that is already cooked it will cause cross-contamination which will cause food poisoning so understand when you throw away food um, if you don't know if you understand that if you don't know how to uh, how long you should properly keep some food and you're not sure throw it away you got to know when to throw away food that, so pathogens, because pathogens can still grow on the food in the refrigerator. They just grow a little bit more slower. So even an unopened hot dogs or luncheon meat or bologna it hasn't been open and it's been two weeks. And it's two weeks in the pack, never been open. You might have to throw it out. So when in doubt, throw it out. About the freezer, now, sometimes you go buy ice cream, you bring it home, it unthawed, and then, you know, it starts dripping, and then you put it in the freezer, then it freezes, then all of a sudden, ice crystals will start to be consuming on top of the ice cream. And this is an indication that it had been unthawed and rethawed. Um, therefore, microorganisms grow on that, and you can get freezer burn, which will really, mostly what that'll do is take away the flavor of the food. Um, it has no flavor, no real flavor once eaten. Now, when it comes to cans, I cans the heat is the enemy for cans. Some people think it's in a can, it's cool. Uh, you may not, or you may be aware that food stored in, in high temperatures, if canned food is stored in high temperatures, it can quickly become spoiled, especially over ninety-five degrees Fahrenheit. Like in your trunk, got a bunch of cans food in your trunk. On a hot day, it's best to store all your foods in a temperature-controlled environment that is kept at 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So your canned goods should be stored in 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So if it's 90 degrees outside, do not keep your cans in your trunk for a long period of time. When serving food, do not touch the surface of the plate or the cup In other words, don't put your thumb on the plate serving others or grab the glass or cup with your fingers inside the part of the cup where which they're going to consume the drink, whatever they're drinking. Um, When it comes to utensils, don't touch. Wherever a person's going to eat off of, never touch that area. Always use tongues to transfer food to the plate, scooping ice, Don't scoop the ice with your bare hand. Don't transfer the food with your bare hand. Let me talk to you about changing your dish towels frequently, which some of us don't. Some of them keep them until they start to smell. Then they go, hmm, this smells. I think I'm going to go ahead and put it, wash it now. But do not use the same dish towel over and over and over again without properly washing it. And the sponges, let me tell you, they carry bacterias. Do not use your sponge to scrub off chunky, food debris wipe up fresh meat juice dirt fruits vegetables the floor um even behind the pit and then turn around and wash your dishes with it oh that just sounds horrible i think i'm feeling sick just use a paper towel uh cleansers get a towel or even just um if you got a towel and you're going to use it after you use it go ahead and throw it in the washer so you can wash it keep Sick people away from your prep areas too. That's something that I wanted to say earlier. If somebody's coughing and they're sick, and you're you're fixing food for the holidays or any day, don't have them in your kitchen. Tell them go over there. You might need to quarantine them somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, um, when it comes to cooking poultry, just remember it has to be 165 degrees. Uh, 74 Celsius or higher when cooking poultry. Any food marinated or ground beef or ground meat must be cooked at 155 degrees or 68 Celsius to higher or higher. Um, whole foods like beef or pork or fish must be cooked at 145 degrees, 63 Celsius or higher. And all food that need to be held hot should be 135 degrees or higher. And that means if it's on a buffet, you're going to have to have some burners underneath that food to keep that food at the right temperature. And again, those serving utensils, um, just be careful and make sure you serve wisely. I want to quickly talk to you about the most common um, types of food that people are allergic to. A lot of people are allergic to milk and dairy products. So if you have that in your food, you need to let them know. Wheat, um, eggs, egg products, soy, soy products, uh, fish, shellfish, peanuts, tree nuts, and all kind of nuts. Some people just are simply allergic to it. So make sure your guests know what ingredients are in the food before you serve it. And even the grease you use, the oil may contaminate someone. And some people might be allergic to onions. So those are things that you watch out for. Um. Also try not to use the same cutting board when you're using when you're cutting meat, let's say you might have a cutting board that's red, that's strictly for meat, green, that's strictly for vegetables. Make sure you don't uh, cut off this on the same cutting board. Uh, let me let's talk about storing chemicals. Keep all your chemicals away from your food. Some people store them under their cabinet in the kitchen. That's fine because they're under the cabinet in the kitchen, but don't leave it out on the counter and somebody might mistake, um, some vinegar. They might think it's vinegar and then it might be something like, um, Clorox, you know, uh, just be careful. Let's talk about pests, pests, pests. You know what pests are? They keep your eye out. Um, when it comes to pests, you better keep your eye out. And look out for things like um, maybe you notice there's some dust tracks along the walls in your kitchen, or you see signs of dripping from rodents, or they look like there's a nest being built up in the corner. Those are things you better look out for when you're cleaning your kitchen. Um, If you think you got cockroaches, um, they'll be small capsules. They'll look, they might have a strong oily odor, and their drippings that look like um, grains of black pepper. So remember, do not um, cook your food on a surface that you're not sure about. If you think you got roaches, don't. I don't think you should be serving to your family and friends. I think you need to be calling pest control. Okay, so. We've talked about everything that I could think of. Oh, I did want to tell you about um, cooling your food uh, or unthawing your food. Um, When you're cooling your food or hot food, make sure you place it in. Let's say you're cooking your food and now you got to cool it because it's hot. Place it in small safe containers. Don't place it in glass and take the glass and place it in ice. But place it in safe containers and put in ice. Let's say put ice in a container or put ice in your sink and take the container and put it on top of the ice. You want to cool it quickly to put it in a refrigerator. I tried it once. Put a bunch of ice in the sink. Poured my um my um I think it was vegetable soup into a glass container and took it out of the refrigerator and I I mean out of the um oven the glass container and placed it on the ice. Guess what happened? Yep, that's right, it busted. I was that was probably one of the dumbest things I ever done, just one of them. So um, just be careful. Uh, divide the food into small containers, safe containers. Then put ice in a clean sink, fill it up, and then place your food in there and keep staring it till it's cool, and then put it in the refrigerator. Because if you place it in a refrigerator, it's gonna bring the temperature up in the refrigerator. So that's why you gotta cool the food. Plus, it prevents microorganisms from multiplying on it. Now, there are, let's talk about thawing food. There are three safe ways of thawing food, and you can do it in a refrigerator, in cold water. And in the microwave, cold, running water. Okay. And so in, um, just to talk to you a little bit, never, ever thaw your food, leave your food out to thaw on the counter because microorganisms will multiply and grow on that and you cannot cook it off. It will not kill it. So in my conclusion, never thaw foods in your garage, your car, your outside porch or your kitchen counter pathogens will have a field day growing on your food continue to practice proper hand washing cooking um, cooling and storing food to prevent your family and friends from being exposed to food poisoning since we eat out and purchase food from the grocery store it is important to remember to pray over your food before consumption And for updates and updated information, because things do change so fast, in reference to the proper temperature for food, visit the website at the USDA or the National Restaurant Association for Serve Safe Food. And so those are some of the things that I remember actually teaching and going out. And that is what I learned from the National Restaurant Association. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, Thank you for listening to Tucker Talks. Till the next time. Bye.